Welcome to the Million Dollar Listening Podcast. In this show, we aim to help people grow in all areas of life with the focus of getting to the next level. I'm your host, Mari Wines, realtor, marketing guru, real estate coach, and co-owner of E3 Realty. Well, welcome back to Million Dollar Listening. I am super excited for today's guest. Um, I've known them for a little bit over at the Tom Ferry ecosystem. One thing about Tom Ferry we all kind of agree is we get to meet a lot of great people around the world. And so uh, we're both, actually all, all of us are in team leader, I believe, correct? Yes, we're team leaders, mm-hmm. right? So um, all in team leaders, I have Ryan Kelly, David Casey with First Class Real Estate Casey. Uh, welcome to the show. Really, really appreciate it. So thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks for having us on, Chris. Really appreciate it. Excited for some um, awesome conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and we will, I know all of our friends in the Bay Area are asking where to buy investment properties out of the state. Well, good news. You have a possibility here today. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about yourselves. I mean, so I know you guys have been in the industry for a while, but just tell us about like how long you've been in the industry. Uh, Tell us about your company. Um, Tell us about where you're located. You know, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Um, we are, uh, two childhood best friends that parted ways after we graduated high school. Ryan went to college, uh, for a, a season. I went to the military for a season. And then after about six, seven years of being apart, we reconnected and real estate's kind of what brought us together. Um, and then we decided, you know, why are we doing this in two different States? Let's partner up, grow a team. And that was around 2019. And, um, I ended up moving back to Kansas city, Ryan, he stayed put. I was living in Phoenix, Arizona for about six years. And, um, from there we grew a a team and it was basically just me, him and his wife, Kelsey. She was our transaction coordinator, (laughs) basically the glue that kept us together. The person who saved us from just a nightmare of just headaches and paperwork and all that crazy stuff. Shout out to Kelsey. Yeah. Shout out to Kelsey. We love her. her You got to have that TC person for sure, man, or you're in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. So, and then, um, and then, so we grew a little team. It was just us. We were on pace at the end of 2020. We were closing like 20 houses a month on average. And we said, what's next? And that question propelled us into opening our own brokerage. And we decided to go the franchise route. Um, because I just, I wanted a plug and play model, something that was done for me. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like, you know, Tom Ferry peeps and other people are in coaching. They say, R&D, rip off and duplicate. Mm-hmm. And you can truly skip steps by doing that. And so we decided to, to go that route. Um, and then uh, we ended up our first year in, per, you know, uh, as a brokerage, we were in production for roughly six months, quickly got out of production within that time frame. Uh, our goal, we got to about 25 agents within six months. And then we um, stepped out, managed the office, and we opened up our second office about a year after opening our first one. And that's the building we're in right now. So you can see okay. behind me, this crossroads, yep, yep. Um, open our second office. And now we're pretty much the fastest growing brokerage in Kansas City. And we've been doing that ever since we opened the doors. We've been recruiting at a high level and just uh, trying to crush it and grow a name for ourselves. Yeah. And if you're thinking about location, we're right by the Chief Stadium. So anywhere in that vicinity, uh, we've got agents all around about 50 miles. From the All stadium. right, this podcast yeah. is over. I'm a Niners fan. I gotta go. Oh uh, boy! <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. That's awesome. So you guys, I think you guys got it figured out now. You got like three quarterbacks. You should. We got like good. six of them. Hopefully, one yeah. can stick though. Jeez, Louise. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> that was a rough game in the playoffs. Yo, happened rock, man. That's tough. Tell me about it, man. You're sitting there going like, and I know where this is a love fun thing about podcast. You go on just fun stuff, right? I'm sitting there at the game, and I'm like, and I'm like, we are just. This is terrible. Like, honestly, I think NFL should just pull the plug at this point because this is bad. Like, this is not even supposed to be happening, right? Now they have a rule. Mm-hmm. You can have a third quarterback over the 53-man roster. Shocker, because the NFC Championship game was terrible. So, yes. Yeah, I thought they were going to pull the plug at one point. In the they should have. That was just embarrassing mm-hmm. to the NFL. Like, oh, yeah, you can have 53 people, two quarterbacks, both got hurt. Now you have no quarterback in the, one of the biggest games of the season. Yeah, it's, it's an ugly thing, but uh, you guys got a heck of a team over there in KC for sure, man. Yeah, we do. And, man, we – I don't know. Like, Kansas City has had the worst luck with football teams. I know growing up, like, Sundays were not a good day in my household. <laughs> I mean, that was, like – 
worst memories. I actually hated football growing up, at least watching pro football, because it would put everybody in a bad mood. Yeah, you guys time. had Steve Young. You guys had all the good quarterbacks growing up. So. Steve Young, Joe Montana. We've Joe been blessed. Montana. I mean, Barry Bonds for San Francisco Giants, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. we've been blessed. Steph Curry now for the Warriors. I mean, we definitely have had some some major names here in the Bay Area for sure for sports. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. But that's just a California thing. You guys get all the stars. Yeah, kind of. We kind of get spoiled a little bit. We also got high taxes, though. <laughs> comes to the ground i guess right but you get those software engineers that are making 400k working at like you know twitter or something from home you know or like from Tesla, home. Or i don't know yeah from home mm-hmm. so oh yeah um, google I mean, we have all of it here i mean it's all here in our backyard which is nice tesla it's all here for sure yeah so, so you guys have done a huge amount of growing right i mean let's say 2019 with two of you and a tc to how many agents now shoot about 140 Right yep, there. yep. Um, and mind you, our first year we opened the business, our total brokerage did seven transactions in quarter one of 2021. So you guys and right are- now we're doing over 100 transactions a month. There you go. That's awesome. Well, congratulations, guys. That's phenomenal Appreciate numbers. It. You know, keep up the great work there for sure. Um, so franchise, so let's go, gotta go recap a little bit. What with the franchise model, one of the plug and play. Um, one year away, one went to college, college, one went to the military, both said this wasn't for us basically. Mm -hmm. So Phoenix, Arizona for you, David, Yeah. Ryan Casey. Yep. And then you now Phoenix is out. You guys aren't in Arizona at all, right? Just pretty much Casey. So I'll, I'll break that down. So I joined the air force. I I went into a program called pararescue. Okay. And I thought I'm just going to do badass shit, jump out of airplanes, shoot some bad guys and just do that. Like cool guy job. Right. And then I, I'm in training and I was like a stud, I guess. Well, at least that's what the recruits told me in my region for like the performance test. So they do a pass mm-hmm. test. And so I, I killed those numbers. But the one thing I forgot to train for was being underwater for extended periods of time, mm-hmm. holding your breath and all that stuff. So they call it water confidence training. And that just wrecked me. So then I, I got washed out of that career field um, in training. And, um, and so I thought I had a good go at it, but it just, I couldn't get over the water. It just, every time it just put me under. And so, um, I got pushed into a different career field and I found out how miserable I was in this job. So it was a very like tedious, um, it was, it, it was called precision measurement equipment laboratory. So mm-hmm. I was in a temperature controlled environment, tinkering on equipment that they would use to calibrate equipment used on the field. So very technical, very nerdy. And it translates to the, to the civilian side, but I just didn't see myself doing that forever. Yeah. It was no and passion. I get it. Like, no passion. Yeah. I don't want to do this. It was interesting. And, and so my itch that got scratched when I was in the military doing that job was hanging out my friends after work. So like I had a pretty tight knit group of friends that we would go in and we'd work throughout the day and then we would just go party all night and on the weekends and we all lived in a house together. So that was when I was in the Air Force, but then I started noticing some of my friends were just peeling off, going to different locations. Like some put in for Korea, some put in for Europe, um, and others were getting out. And I just noticed my friend group was whittling away. Mm-hmm. And and I just kind of like reflected for a moment. And I said, if I just stay here and I keep doing this, like I'm just, it's going to be the same cycle over and over again. I'm going to make these friends. They're all just going to leave me. And I'm just going to, it's just always going to be this cycle. And I, I saw that in my supervisors and the quality of life they were living. And I could just see they were all just demoralized and wish they did something different when they were my age at that time. And I just took that as a sign and I, I got out. And so Obama was downsizing the forces um, whenever he was in office right around 2012, 2013. So I cut my enlisted period from six years to three years and I went in the reserves. And then so I was in Florida for a little bit at McDill Air Force Base went back to New Jersey where I met my now wife and then we picked up and moved to Arizona where she pursued her degree in, um, in clinical psychology. So we were there for about six years and then I found my passion for real estate. Um, basically I just was on YouTube looking up how to make money, how to get rich. And so real estate investing popped up and I'm like, this seems like something I could accomplish by throwing out some, we buy houses signs, go knock on some, you know, doors and really just try to grind my way through it without any capital up front. And so it just seemed achievable. And then I lived there for, like I said, six years. And then I got into residential sales. And then that's when I tapped on this guy. And I said, dude, I'm doing this and closing like one or two homes a month. And like, I don't do anything throughout the day, basically, besides just like nurture some clients. And yeah. then I'll do a little prospecting. It 
it could be a very relaxed, you know, job if you kind of dial in your lead sources and the income is crazy compared to a normal nine to five and the time you put into that. So, um, you know, I'll let Ryan pick up on his story, but he, he worked at a manufacturing plant and kind of followed the path of like his parents and other family members. Yeah. All my friends moved away to either go to the army, the air force, a military college or something else. I was born at home. So after one year of school at Northwest Missouri state, I came back and I found a real job and my whole family worked at the Ford plant. So I went and worked at the Ford plant. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time, had a kid, um, got bored, had a kid. And then, you know, David <laughs> got in my ear and he's like, you know, I'm making, you know, 15, $20,000 a month. And I'm like, dude, you're always by the pool. You're always out having a good time. Now you're over in new Amsterdam. You're, you're going to visit in Japan and all these cool places. And I'm like, I'm over here busting my ass to make $2,000 a month working 60 hours a week. And it was just miserable. And he got me reading podcast or listening to podcasts, reading books um, at the Ford plant. That's where I actually got my real estate license. I'm like, I don't even care at this point. I had one foot out the door. I'm like, I'm just going to get licensed. I did that my first year, sold like 22 homes while working full time. Second year, um, I actually took FMLA for mm -hmm. uh, my stepmom. So thanks to her, uh, I got out there and I was only working one day a week. And I got to the point where I'm like, I can't even show up on a Tuesday. Like I'm, I'm, I'm done. So done. Mm -hmm. Yep. Got him to come back to Missouri. We had like a three hour long conversation. I'm like, dude, I'm kicking butt. Like imagine what we could do together and um, got him to fly his wife and family out here. We actually started the first year. He would fly two weeks on, two weeks off, two weeks on, two mm -hmm. weeks off. And then when his wife graduated, we got him to move down here full time. But yeah, our first year together uh, sold 87 homes, uh, 23 in one month pound our head against the wall. Like I remember specifically when he moved back, we were at a party at his house and we were negotiating deals, talking to our clients and it was like midnight. And I'm like, what's our goal next month? Double that. And then just, you know, really be pounding our head against the wall. Mm -hmm. So that's when we decided to open up a brokerage, our uh, previous broker sent our license off to the state. And we we're like, shoot, we don't have any option now. So hung our license with a flat fee company until we could get everything going. Then we found the franchise model through a YouTube video. Actually, we called them up and the rest is history. So uh, that's, what I was going to ask you, I was going to say, how'd you guys find it? Well, that, that explains that you already kind of walked into the next question. So dude, it, it was the same way. Like when I first got started in real estate, it's like a, I don't know if you believe in the law of attraction. Oh, absolutely. And so like, for me, I just feel guided by these internal urges just to like, keep looking for things like that's just a quality I have. And like, mm -hmm. if I feel uncomfortable in a situation and I get fixated on it, I will just keep researching because I know the answer's out there. I'm kind of like a mouse running through a maze and mm -hmm. I can smell the cheese, but I don't know where it's at. Yeah. And so, and then you're eventually gonna, you're going to figure it out hit. though. You're just gonna... Dude, it just hits. I watch yeah. a video. This happens. Like I just watched a video today and I'm, I'm totally going to change how we um, approach recruiting agents and how we grow our business because of one little short clip that I saw from a different guy. And so the same happened to me when I got out of the military and I said, how do I make money? And then it led me down this path of real estate. And the same thing happened when, when we were thinking of opening our own brokerage, I said, who the hell's going to manage this thing? It's so damn intimidating to, to just run a successful real estate operation. How do you run a brokerage? Mm -hmm. How am I responsible for other people? Like that seems like a lot of liability, right? At least that's all I've heard. And so I just, I knew that the person who put the bug in our ear to open a brokerage had the best intentions for us in the world and they wouldn't steer us wrong. So I wasn't going to let my initial gut reaction of a brokerage is too intimidating. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to allow that to stop me from pursuing this. I said, we're going for it, burn the boats. We're jumping out the airplane. We're going to pull the <laughs> rip cord. Parachute's going to open up. Are we going to have a clear canopy or no? Who knows, but I was going to guarantee that we're giving ourselves the best shot to be successful. And so I was just driving to the office after we were figuring out what we were going to do. And I stumbled across a YouTube video. It said from top producing real estate agent to owning a top brokerage. And it was a podcast by Ryan Finch and Joshua Smith. And he dove deep into- You can go to that podcast and it'll say, David Casey, holy shit, how do I start? Yeah. How do I start? This is amazing. This is exactly what I was looking for. It was like that voice was guiding me to that video. Yeah. And so 
like, you know, I, I just, I couldn't deny that urge of like, this answers all my questions and I know it's meant to be, this is going to change my life. And it truly did. And so I jumped in, I, I literally on the video, I said, how did I get started? Joshua Smith was on top of it. He responded instantly. And then I reached out to the corporate office and we were on a discovery day call that same day. I go, I'm like, Ryan, I figured it out. Just trust me. I pull open the screen. I'm talking to three different people. I'm running through like what it all is offered. And he's just in the background like, yeah, 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 whatever. I'm making phone calls. Somebody's got to run the business. Yeah, somebody's got to get like, the, do the money in the door. All right, you keep doing you. I'm going to keep bringing the money in. I love exactly. It. So I was like, I don't give a fuck about that. I'm like, I'll go broke. I don't care, but I'm going to figure out the right answer. And that's going to fucking slingshot us. So, awesome. I love it. And that's kind of how we've always operated. But you could find that video in my comments in there. And and like I said, the rest is history from that. But Yeah, I and uh, I always joke around with my friends and family and stuff and like say I owe David my life because even though I've done a ton of the work, like he's made three decisions that's completely changed my life. One, getting me into real estate, one starting the franchise, and then the other, like anytime I bring problems, he can figure it out with systems and solutions. So that's why we make a good team and I'll just keep bringing on the problems. He keeps figuring them out. But yeah, totally changed my life with like three things. So I'm forever grateful for those. Mm -hmm. well, that's awesome. That's what partnerships are about. I got three business partners. Uh, so there's a total of four of us. Same thing. I mean, we all have our own strengths. You know, you stick in your wheelhouse and you do that phenomenal. You know, they'll say like, Chris, you're the driver, dude. You're just going to push everybody until they just, they just keep going. Like I'm just go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. Like that, Bruce. Got to love it on a podcast. You know, might as well show it off now. I just saw it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. you know, things happen in life. Um, but it's about partnerships, right? You can't build a massive business by yourself, right? I think everybody, you know, a lot of times there's egos that get in the way and there's mm -hmm. things along those lines that just kind of stop people from really getting to their next level where if you can find somebody who's, you know, the yin to the yang, right? Like I'm really good at this. You're really good at this. Like Michael Gordon, one of our business partners, he loves clients. He's phenomenal. People go, Chris, I want you to help me sell my house. I go, no, you want Michael Gordon helping you sell your house. Like why? I go, because I want him to sell my house. So mm -hmm. I, he's good for my house. He's good for your house for sure, right? He loves the client experience, right? Mari Wines, on the other hand, she's all about marketing and branding. She comes from a huge right. background of that, right? And then Ryan is just probably one of the smartest guys I know. He built our business model and, and just phenomenal and knows things inside and now has been in the industry for 20 years, right? So it's like each one of us has our own little strengths, right? And we just kind of, and you play off that, right? That's what partners are about, right? Now, we don't always agree and you don't always have to agree, right? But you do have to take risk and it sounds like David definitely has a pill for risk taking because he was jumping out of airplanes anyways. So you seem like, you know, hey, a little risk here, a little money here, don't hurt nobody, right? Right. Yeah, and, it, it, I'll go all in. I don't give a damn. <laughs> me and you are very similar. I'm like, we'll figure it out, man. Just go, just go and you'll figure it out. You find a problem, you build a solution to the problem. Now the problem gets a little bigger, build a solution. You know, it's just that's just life, problem. right? That's life at its fullest. So, so tell me a bit of a little bit about the KC market. Like, tell me about like you know average price point. Tell me about like uh, I, I mean, it sounds like you guys got quite a few deals coming through the door. So it sounds like you guys some great agents. But tell me about like hey, if I have investors in the Bay Area, you know, where would they? Where would they? Where would you recommend them them looking? You know. Man, Kansas City is a hot spot for um, investors with cash. Like I think probably 20% out of our 100 deals that close a month are cash. So, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of investors, we're very, actually very investor heavy. Um, we have a huge team here in uh, Kansas City called the Investing in Your Wealth team. They do wholesales. They do have a bunch of cash buyers. They do a ton of prospecting for motivated sellers, but um I would say probably 20% of our deals that come through the office are cash. Um, we're huge with people on the coast because we can hit, you know, 1% rule, meaning if you buy a $150,000 house, we've got property managers that can rent that thing out for 15, 1600, um, which is great cash flow. Now, how many of those can you get? And then our market's going up about from even from earlier this year, it went up 9% here in the Kansas City market. So you're building that equity, uh, you're getting a return on your investment through monthly rents. Mm -hmm. And I like to say, if I'm gonna win, I wanna win twice. Mm -hmm. uh, with stocks, I wanna get paid that dividend. Plus I wanna watch my stocks go up. If I'm buying houses, I want the equity to go up and I want that rent cash flow coming in each month. Um, so in Kansas City, we've got places that are, um, even the spotty places, um, they rent for a really high dollar amount and the market's still going up year over year. We've got some places in Lee Summit, 
um, Parkville, some better places here locally yeah. um, that you're going to keep your return high on, on the rents. And then even in a down market, if the market does make a change, um, those markets don't because the demand is so heavy and the areas are so nice and we're finding a ton of off market deals there too. So definitely if you're um, cash heavy and you want to diversify your investments, mm-hmm. Kansas City is a good place to start. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, I got to ask, I mean, you guys are right next to the, the you know the Chiefs place. I mean, where's Patrick Mahomes live? I mean, where's he at? Like, yeah. By this guy, he actually just bought his first house in the same neighborhood as Patrick Mahomes. So yeah. I'm kind of jealous of that. So if you look on a map just south of Kansas City, like there's a, a grid a little bit. Yeah. There's this area called the Plaza area. Um, and just south of that, you follow Ward Parkway down. That's where That's where he's at, right around there. And I just bought a house right over there too. There you go. Um, but I bought, I think I bought one of the cheapest homes in the most expensive area. So I try to at least live by those rules. You hey, know? that's the best rules to live by, right? Let me be, mm-hmm. hey, I want the ugliest house in the best neighborhood. Let me know. I'll fix it up, do whatever I have to do later. It's all good. That's he right. He still gets a membership to the country club. So some I'm golf lessons coming up here or what? I, I don't know about that. I got to know five people and it's like a one year interview process. So it's, it's pretty strict how they, how they let you into those places. But. Wow. I'll see if I could bump into Patty Mahomes on the on the street and just be like, "Hey, bro." And hey, just, bro! Like, hook it up, man. I got some real estate yeah. for you all day. Uh huh. All day. Hey, Let's go. I'll do a deal what? for free. Give me on this golf course. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I scratch your back, you scratch mine. No big problem here. We'll make it work. That's right. That's I love right. It. I love it. So, tell me a little bit about. I mean, so I got KC. We got all about the real estate market. It sounds like 150 is kind of the lower end of KC. 250. Mm-hmm. Good investing. Kind of What's that? Uh, 150k is probably our best um, spending price range. 150 to 200. Okay, you're gonna see the highest return. So here's a good way to think about it too. Like in Jackson County. Yeah. So like the the, yeah, the break city it down split. for me. Break it down. So because I got investors yeah. that listen to our stuff, man. Like tell me how how we would break these little pockets down so they can be like, hey, I want to be in this area. So I'll tell you about two different areas. So yeah. like the the 150, like Ryan's talking about, that's like Jackson County all day. That's like where we grew up. We grew up in more rural parts of town. Like, but Jackson County still encompasses Kansas City, urban independence, which it's like lower income housing, all that jazz. Okay. Um, but you get out to more of the outskirts of town where it's more rural, you get some land and all that stuff. So you could find some good like neighborhoods in there that you can buy for a, a good amount, you know, under two hundred thousand and rent them bad boys out for close to two thousand a month. Jeez. And so so that's Jackson County. That's okay. on the Missouri side. Now you look at Johnson County. That's on the Kansas side. So Johnson County, I believe it drives the highest price points and and the earning, the income earners, it's like, that's the highest income earners in Kansas, in the state of Kansas, live in that county. Okay. And so that's where you're going to find, you know, a $350,000 fixer upper that'll turn around and sell for close to 600,000 in the right areas. Got it. Okay. So that's like your flippers, your your higher end price point homes. The guys, there's a lot of money know. there. There's more money there than on the other side of Jackson. The guys make a better return. A lot of guys we know they do midterm rentals out of that out of that area. Okay. Those kind of those kind of deals, you know. Got it. So. Got it. Got it. So you guys got a pretty good range then. I mean, for 150, 350, 600,000, I mean, you guys can get up there pretty quickly, pretty fast. I like it. Yeah, and if you can bring 20% down, we've got we've got the lenders and the private money to take care of you. Yeah, we got a ton of local banks that'll lend and um yeah, you can Good get into deals pretty yeah. pretty easily. So, love it, love it, love it. So, so tell me a little bit about. Um, I want to go kind of go back into the brokerage a little bit and just a little bit about the agents in general because I get this question all the time. I know you guys get this question all the time. I want to get my real estate license, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I want to hear as a broker owner, like when you hear that from people, I want to get my real estate license. What's my first step? Like, how do you guys kind of approach that conversation? Because I think you know as well as I know it's not as easy as people make it seem, right? I think it's a lot harder than most people think it's going to be. I mean, the calling you got to do, the prospecting you have to do, right? Yes, you get to have fun and be out by the beaches and this, and yes, you can make good money. But if you don't do the right task every day, guess what? There's nothing that's going to really happen in your business, right? So how do you guys kind of respond to that as a brokerage and just friends, family, just kind of asking you that question in general? Yeah, I remember in the beginning, um, it's almost like those cheaper homes that you're, you're shopping buyers and they're in the hood, but you, you feel more confident marketing to those people. So mm-hmm. initially that's a lot what we were getting because we were just looking for anybody to come hang their license under us. So we go with new licensees all day. And actually some of our best real estate agents were brand new licensed agents we found on Indeed and through Facebook. So um, it can definitely be done, but you just have to have the right mentality 
Um, nowadays, I feel like we look for more people in production, you know, already uh, doing the thing mm -hmm. because it's just easier on the brokerage level and we're more confident in what we sell and stuff now. Mm -hmm. But I will say if you have the right mentality and you want to get into the business, I'll spend time with you. I'll, I'll uh, you know, do a one on one with you and really show you in the ins and outs of the business. But if I feel like you're not going to be a good fit and you don't have the hustle and drive for it, I'm probably just going to send you the link to our CE affiliate shop and um, let you get your license there. And if you actually go through with it, then I'll meet you again. But um, we we know about 15% of those people or less are actually going to even spend the money to sign up for the course. Mm -hmm. And then out of those people, you know, 5% of those people are going to be successful one out of a hundred. So there's like a high disparity between the people who want to be in real estate to those who are successful. So I like to think about it this way, like a, a good question is how to get into real estate, right? That's, that's a decent question to ask yourself. A better question is how do you make money in real estate? Mm -hmm. And too many people don't ask themselves that. And like, if you think back to the reason I got into real estate is because I just said, how do I make money? Mm -hmm. And, and so like nobody gets into a career field specifically for the love of what it is that you're doing. It's like, Hey, I need money. What do I want to do? It's like the career day when you're in elementary school. It's like, you know, you learn about economics and how to run a job and what pays you and all this stuff. And then you find your passion within that, within the grind, within doing the hard stuff, showing up, the discipline and all that stuff. So, I mean, if you have the qualities and the wherewithal to stick in an industry and see it through and give yourself some type of regiment to follow, success will show up as long as you don't quit. And so for me, my first few years in real estate, I was fumbling a lot and I had no guidance and I was struggling. I was making excuses. I was still in one house every three months sometimes every six months. And it was just one of those things where I, I just took it as a learning process. I, I said, this is an education. My friends are going to college and I, I am too, but it's called YouTube university, you know? Hey, and everything's it, on YouTube, everything. And it's paid for like, you know, and I'm, I'm getting my education on the streets, like literally walking streets, door knocking, putting out bandit signs, writing letters, cold calling, getting uncomfortable, practicing scripts, going to Toastmasters, um, taking classes on YouTube on how to, how to do improv acting, um, learning how to like fix your smile, how to like, how to talk, how to be charismatic, how to do these things. I was learning all of those skills up front because I feel like I needed to build myself into the person who's going to be successful in this career. And I think a lot of people, they don't have that drive. They don't have that determination, the wherewithal to see it through. And they're not willing to suffer through the hard times because they did a poor job at managing their finances and their expectations up front. Yeah. And, and a lot of times that's on the person that brings them on. Um, I would yeah. get more times than not. Like, I feel like I should already know this stuff and I should be further along and I should have more deals under contract. And, and I was like, man, I wish I had the guidance and support that we offer when I first got licensed because it was truly me and him on phone calls, doing screen shares mm -hmm. and trying to figure things out. And it took me, I pulled out my 401k after a year of being in the, in the real estate business. Mm -hmm. And I, I started with 45K and I got down to my last $13,000 before I really started to see an income. So if you, you're gonna be at that pivotal point where you can keep going or you can quit when you wanna quit. And if you quit at that point, it's like the guy who has the pickaxe and he's digging for gold and he stops right, right before there. Right there and you know it's there. Mm -hmm. I hear so many people, we had one of our top producers last year, Whitney Grimes, she had a conversation with me in the beginning uh, she was feeling down, finally gave her a deal. The deal fell through. Um, she had a couple other clients fall through and she's just like, man, I don't know if this business is for me. And I mm -hmm. told her, I'm like, I see you being successful, but it's up to you. Like, I can't make you stay in the business. I can't make you keep showing up and, mm -hmm. and digging for the business. And then the last six months of last year, she made 150 K, which in Missouri, that's a ton of money. Mm -hmm. Um, and then this yeah. year she's already hitting those goals and swiping through it. But had she quit, she would have never made it through there. So I think it's that pivotal point that really makes or breaks agents. And that's why we have an 87% washout rate because they're not willing to put in the work and continue grinding even when things aren't hard or are hard and you're not getting paid. And I agree hundred percent. I mean, I had this conversation with people all the time. They want to come in and I mean, we're in the Bay area, our price point. I mean, and we're low in the Bay area. We're our average price point, 700,000. Like we're the smallest part of the Bay area, right? Like, yeah. I mean, most, I mean, Couch Costa County is 1.1 million. That's the County we're in, right? Like it's like, right. People are like, Oh, I can make, you know, two and a half percent of this and that and this. It's like, okay, great. But are you going to do the task that are required for you to learn 
Are you willing, and I think the biggest thing most people forget about real estate in general, and this is why I always like to have these questions with broker owners, is like, um, is we're a commission-based business. Everybody mm -hmm. wants to get paid to learn. Everybody wants to get paid for every task that they complete. No, 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 You got to do tons of learning. You got to learn how to script train. You got to learn how to prospect. You need to learn how to door knock. Mm -hmm. You need to learn how to cold call. You need to learn how to do an open house correctly. You need to learn how to write a contract. You need to do this, that, and the other, right? And you don't get paid for none of it. Right. And the reality of it is, is most people go, like, well, I got to do all of this work or I can just chill and watch TV and, and I'm not going to get paid either way. Right. Well, if mm -hmm. you if you don't put the work in in real estate, it's very hard to accomplish a, a successful real estate career. And that's why agents struggling are right now is because you know, sales are down in four point five million for the nation. And reality of it is, is we have one point six million realtors. Right. So if you don't have that many sales and you're not putting the work in, you're just going to fall right off. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. It's like a tide's yeah. coming. Right. So it's always good to hear from other, you know, broker owners that own their businesses. It's like, listen, these are the same conversations we have with agents. You know, agents, you have to be willing to say, I have a hustle, I have a grind, I have a passion to succeed. And if you have those types of things in you, then we should talk real estate because you will succeed. But if you're looking for, for just a quick buck and don't want to work, eh, it's not really going to be it for you, you know, and it's tough, you know, it's tough for people sometimes. Yeah. I think uh, the way people are trained mentally is, um, you know, that nine to five, the, mm -hmm. the weekly paycheck coming in, but I would literally go broke and not get paid anything and start from zero before I go work another nine to five. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, I said that and then I got into real estate and I was working like six to nine mm -hmm. or something. Like <laughs> I was working like 15 hour days trying to, to hustle and make it. But you never get up to that business where your your profit is uncapped and um, you can really grow and expand something if you don't start from from there. I mean, dude, our first like season together when we partnered up and I was flying in town, I would land at like 4 p.m. We'd go to Ryan's house. Um, we would grab energy drinks. We'd go straight to the office. We'd pound him. We'd be up till 3 a.m. getting our CRM in order, mm -hmm. getting our drip plans dialed in, figuring out what we're going to do the next day. And then we'd show up at 9.30 in the morning the next day because we needed a little bit of sleep. Yeah. And we were so jacked sleep. up. <laughs> yeah, we were so jacked up on energy drinks. I don't think we even slept, you know? <laughs> so we roll in the office and we execute the plan. And we do that day in, day out. And, and my wife, I remember this specifically. She was like, when does it end? Like, when is enough enough? Because even that, that month that we had 23 transactions, I'm like, next month we got to hit 30. Like, let's go. And mm -hmm. she's like, but when is enough enough? So, mm -hmm. you know, that mentality, I, I see real estate agents who who want to grow a team or expand in some way but they're not willing to let go of 100 percent of, of that pie to be able to or they've got so much um monthly bills that they can't afford to get out of production and to really grow something so i feel like at the same time even though you're a real estate agent i don't feel like you're a true business owner until your business grows without you and runs without you absolutely make money when you're sleeping right mm -hmm. yes yeah. that's yep. the definition you know and you can do that in real estate that's a big misnomer like people think you have to be an investor to do that like we've proven it through this franchise model mm -hmm. like i like i could jump back into production if i want to but i don't have to because i built a business around being a real estate agent i own zero homes like portfolio like i don't i don't do investing i don't do any of that stuff i just i strictly stick to growing this brokerage and empowering agents underneath me to be successful and we have different comp plans. Some agents are at 100% commission and they I take a transaction fee at closing. And then other agents are on my team model and we just manage their activities and we, we charge them splits on personal deals is different than branch deals. And so I manage that. And then you put the key people in place like an office manager. We call them our bomb, our branch operations manager. You get your TCs in place. You get an admin up front that handles the onboarding. And then you hire a recruiter to help keep the, you know, the agents in and the, the deals flowing because the agents drive production. And so like you can structure this business just like the million dollar real estate agent. Um, I could go rewrite that right now and make it way more simplistic because it's too complicated. I have that book sitting on my desk right now with a bunch of sticky notes in it that I read six, seven years ago. And I said, one day that's going to be me. And I didn't follow that blueprint because I feel like it was going to misguide me. It wanted me to be a busy agent for far too long. And I think that's a total mess up. Some of my closest friends in real estate, They'd sold 27 homes their, their first year and said, you know what? I'm a better business owner than I am an agent. I'm going to grow a badass operation. And they did. And they go and do it. And now they're crushing it. Thousands of homes sold a year. We didn't think that would ever be possible for us. 
we're literally selling a hundred homes a month right now. And it's like, it's happening. And I'm, you know, we're in the office on a, on a normal basis. Um, call it nine to five, but our hours are flexible and we can plug in when we want and we can step away when we want. And a big, um, a big thing that I hear from other teams are like, Hey, this year I want to grow to five agents. And I think like knowing the model, how I know it now, I think that's a, a bugaboo because if you only go after five agents and then what happens when that agent doesn't want 50, 50 splits anymore, mm -hmm. right? They're just going to go to another brokerage after they, they, they got what they needed from you and they no longer need you. Why would they stay under your split plan? So I feel like that's a, a model or a misnomer that people look at is like, I'm going to start a team. And if you're, if you're looking for five people, not one of them probably is going to be any good or going to be successful in the business. Oh, it's numbers. You can't make someone productive. Would you agree with that? I 100% trust me. If I could do that, we'd all be trillionaires right now. Oh, I, I, I tried thousands of times over. You just yeah. can't. They just don't. If you, I go sometimes to agents. I go, I love you guys to death, but sometimes I want it more than you, and that, and that, that that can't be right. Like you have to want it. You, I can't make you go produce. Like, you know, I can't make you. I'm here at the office eight thirty in the morning, right? I'm here every 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 day, right? Same thing. I prefer to run a business. I prefer to do more of the business side of things. That's my passion. That's my what I enjoy doing every day, right? But you can't make people come in and, and produce. They have to want it for whatever reason and whatever their why becomes, mm -hmm. right? And their why needs to be strong enough to make sure that they make the income for their life, right? And so it's, it is important. And I 100% agree with you guys, 100%. Like five agents in a year or five agents in a team, just it's not going to cut it, right? It's just thinking too small. You're thinking too yeah. small. And when, you, and when you want something more than that other person and you work harder than them, you're taking away their power. Mm -hmm. You're taking away their own personal responsibility and accountability. And you're actually damaging them as a person, as an individual, as someone who's trying to develop their skills in this business. So you have to just control the environment in which they can be productive. Absolutely. Just like your studio, dude, it looks sick. If I came in there, I'd feel super inspired. So that's, that's you controlling the environment. Mm -hmm. But only certain people will walk into that, that, that set and say, I want this. I want to be a part of this. I want to grow with this. And so you can't make them productive. And that's, we just, we live by that. So, you know, the, the same agents, I just had a, a call with um, an operations manager that, that runs the team of a very successful operation in, in, um, over in your parts of, of the country, in mm -hmm. California. And they have 15 agents. The team lead who's been in real estate for freaking 25 years, sells 150 homes a year on her own every year just to stay afloat. And is, and is questioning, they had a meeting with us because they weren't sure how to structure the onboarding process for agents because they feel like their onboarding process is what's holding them back. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's your mindset. You need to take a step back. Why are you still in production? Mm -hmm. Why aren't you leveraging everything you have around you to empower agents underneath you so you can step out of production and take a piece of the pie? They're too fixated on 50-50 splits that they're just, they're killing their opportunity to bring on some real talent yeah, and grow their business. Yeah, get the talent and let them do their thing. Put them in good positions and let them run. Mm -hmm. No, I agree, 100%. It's just... It's this thing in real estate. People get so fixated that there's so many red, there's so much red tape around growing a business as a real estate agent, like mortgage. A lot of people say mortgage, RESPA, all this stuff. It's like, no, there are legal ways to do it and that are way easier than you think. And you can be making a substantial income by growing an operation that ties into mortgage. That's us. You have something going on, Chris, right? We have, yeah, we have, we have a mortgage brokerage and real estate company and, and same thing. Like we've never... You know, we've been doing this for a long time and it's funny, you know, people think like it can't be done for the longest time. We're like, oh, I'm helping buyers. Well, guess what? Here's the new rule came out. FHA buyers. We can now officially help them on the loan side too. They finally put yeah. two and two together realizing, oh, this actually does make sense. Yeah. You know, and it's always these stipulations with the mortgage industry and the real estate industry. Like at the end of the day, um, you know, your job is to protect a client, you know, protect a consumer. And if you go in, we always tell everybody a triangle of coherence, right? If it's good for the client, it's good for the agent or LO and good for the company, you make that decision, right? But you protect the client. That's our job, right? And so yeah. helping clients and getting their financing dialed in and helping them with their real estate transaction, it's like a one-stop shop, right? People love it. They're like, this is phenomenal. I get to talk to one person or this team and everybody has their roles and we're like, you guys just are like, well, a machine. We're like, yeah, you come in, each person knows their role and you know exactly where to go, right? And so it's important, man. But yeah, no, everybody's scared of the RESPA stuff and CFPB and everything else. And it's it's not that, I mean, it's not that scary. You're not doing anything illegal. I'm not doing mortgage fraud. Like I'm mm -hmm. not doing anything illegal. 
I'm helping We're providing clients. services. What's that? Go. It's you're providing a service. I'm Go probably. to your local car dealership. Yeah. They have in-house financing. Absolutely. Yeah. That's servicing. weird. Yeah. Why? Why do they have that? Because it's a service to their customers and it keeps everybody in one spot and you can facilitate the entire process. But at the same time, Chris, had you not taken a step back, slowed down and really thought about the vision of where you're going, you would have never got into the loan processing. Mm -hmm. You would have never started the brokerage. And that's where people fall short because they're too focused on instead of working on the business, working in the business mm -hmm. so they can never see the bigger picture. Yeah. And I feel like that's where so many people go wrong. Well, and they don't have the money. You got to have a nut set aside to where you can live. How long can you live off of with not bringing in one check? If you don't have anything sitting there and you're living paycheck to paycheck, mm -hmm. you're never going to make a bigger move in life. Mm -hmm. You're no, not going you're, to, because you're going to have to be stuck on what you're doing now. That's the hamster wheel. Making in. That's the hamster wheel, right? That's the hamster wheel. Yep. That's the hamster wheel. You're Chasing just stuck. You're just going, right? You're just moving and you just keep going in the same position. And, and a lot of it, I mean, and I think we've kind of talked about this a little bit, you know, but a lot of what we just talked about all comes down to fear and, 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 and be willing to go learn, right? You know, mm -hmm. David said he's like YouTube's his college, right? Like he's willing to go sit and, and look up something on YouTube and learn, right? Like there's two things where people don't do things. It's one, there's a fear of failure, which I, I mean, listen, I want to fail. I, I prefer to fail because yeah. soon enough it's going to click and it's going to hit, right? Like I've done lead gen for, you know, four years and I've changed the system three, four times and each time it gets better, right? People are like, well, yeah. what would you make changes? I'm like, well, I did this, I did this, I did this. I'm like, oh, and now I'm like, look, now I look at my inbox. It's just text messages every morning. Sometimes it stops. Sometimes it's, hey, how's your day going? Sometimes it's, I want to get, hey, I want to learn more about real estate, whatever. Sometimes it's, I won't say it on air, but you know what I mean? People, you know, blah, blah, whatever. Yeah, you're having a bad day. Have a good day today, sir. You know, and let them go. Right. But yeah. like, it's a well of the machine. It just runs. Right. And you just try Dude. to get people to understand that, man. It's like, it's not about, um, the daily grind of, I just want to make this commission because everybody looks at the, the commission is, well, if I leave this commission, I'm leaving my, my money. And it's not, you're not leaving your money. You sometimes you got to take a step back and realize what's your long-term goal. I want to work life balance. I want to be able to manage my son's, you know, baseball team. And, and yep. we're doing all stars with them right now this week and be able to do that. Um, but I also want to be able to help, you know, agents and clients with their, you know, their, their, their financial dreams. Right. So where's that, where's your role in your long-term goals? And you always got to look big. And I love that about you guys. You guys look big. You're not scared of it. Like just go get mm -hmm. it and, and things will fall into place. Right. And people like to be around people like that. Right. There's a truth. Yeah. There, right. People like and to be you know, around people that are willing to just, just take that risk and go, you know, thousand that's that question of like, we ask ourselves what's next. And so when we find ourselves getting into a plateau of like, we're on a hamster wheel, we realize that we're toiling. Things are just, it's repetitive. We kind of just get mentally, like we're not stimulated any longer. So this is something we were challenged to do when we first started opening our brokerage. And it's, it's just a little saying, and it's, um, you must win in order to lose. You must lose in order to win. And so it's like, you could say it both different ways, yeah. but once you, but like, so the, the normal one is like lose to win. Like, okay, take your L's and then mm -hmm. eventually you'll hit the win. Mm -hmm. But in business, you run a successful operation. Now you need to go bet on yourself. Absolutely. So I have to win in order to have the confidence to go lose. Mm -hmm. So like whenever we were and and the losses is what will turn over the other lesson that's going to propel you into what your actual potential is. Because if you're always winning, then you're not challenging yourself enough. And so like we were successful real estate agents, you know, closing 20 something homes a month, that probably hit the leaderboard on most markets. And so, um, we, we figured, okay, we're winning in this season. How do we, how do we position ourselves to take a bigger risk, take a bigger leap. Mm -hmm. And instead of now we're, instead of competing with individual agents in our market, we're now competing with, when we launch our brokerage, we're growing more of a team. Now we're competing with the top teams in the market. Mm -hmm. And then we roll, and then we grow a successful team. Our brokerage is getting bigger. We start recruiting agents from different offices. Now we're recruiting against bigger offices. And so it's like, you know, the, the, the ante keeps getting higher, uh, the more successful you keep getting and you're betting on yourself in those areas. So it's like people are unwilling to take a step back in whatever it may be financial income in the moment or, or risks. Um, I'm a big follower of Grant Cardone and he mm -hmm. talks about, you need to take your cash and go broke. And so that's a loss. Like he had to win in order to lose. Like that's, mm -hmm. that takes, feels like you're taking an L I stored all this cash. I deployed it into an investment thing. So let's say I, I take $2 million and now it spits me out 10 grand a month. And it's like, well, I had $2 million. Why would I want to do that? Well, how quickly can you go replace that 2 million mm -hmm. and do it again?
and do it again and do it again and do it again. And so, you know, we think about that in business when we launched our brokerage and it's like we said, our first quarter opened up, we sold seven homes as an office. That's because we weren't counting myself and Ryan's production. We had deals closing out at this other brokerage. We were hanging our license in mm -hmm. for a short period of time while I got the business launched, but we were leaning on our agents production that we hired on. Our first agents were new agents. So we had to teach these guys how to get deals, how to nurture clients. So we all know real estate runs in 90 day cycles. Absolutely. I bring on three agents, January one, they close seven deals, um, February and March. That's, that was our numbers. We reported for the brokerage. The first, the first quarter we were open now quarter one this year, we're doing like, you know, 270 transactions. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, just think about the scale and the ability to move numbers once you really apply yourself. And we had to take a loss, but we had to win in order to lose. We could just jump straight into it. Yeah. And uh, I hear a lot of team leaders and stuff. They're like, I can't hand my clients out. Like no one can take care of my clients as good as I can. Had That's we not done disaster. that. Yeah. Had <laughs> we not done that and stepped out of production, we're changing lives re with real estate. agents. Mm -hmm. like, had we not given them those deals and that production and worked it with them, their real estate career would have never took off and then they would have never had that opportunity. So instead of, you know, focusing, hyper-focusing on that client, we hyper-focus on the agents. How many successful agents can we make? Absolutely. Instead of successful transactions. So a little metric that we're monitoring and we look at it this way too, it's like whenever I got started in real estate, it took me probably two years before I hit any type of stride. For Ryan, it took him probably about six months because I already knew the road ahead. I could teach him exactly. Don't do this, do this. Mm -hmm. Hey, once you get licensed, give me your CRM access. I'm going to run ads. Give me your Facebook login as well. I'm going to get you some leads this week, mm -hmm. right? I was able to do that. Nobody did that for me. Now, when we bring in agents, I can say, hey, new agent, you don't have to take six months. Let's get you some deals right now, right? Because I have deals to hand you. So we're helping them skip steps. We do the same with, with uh, team leaders that want to open up their own brokerages. Mm -hmm. I literally say, you don't have to spend six months getting out of production. I'm going to show you how to get out of production right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you how to grow a profitable business today. Our first office, it took us, it took us about a year to be profitable to the degree to open a second office. Our, our second office we opened, we could have opened a third within six months. And now we're showing people we have different offices opening up nationwide where we sell franchises too. Yeah. And we're literally helping them get up and running and do what we've done in a, such a short period of time. And so it's just, it's the, it's the hack of just following people who know the road ahead and can guide you and, and truly want you to win. And so that's what we operate off of. And we're very passionate about that because we are changing lives. And I'd be doing people a disservice. Mm, that's what I was going to say. If I didn't show them what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, and how it changed my life, because I promise it'll, it'll impact them in some way, shape or form. Chris, and I would say you're doing a disservice to the agents that aren't at your office currently, because I guarantee you just by speaking with you and you coming on and doing a training for our agents and stuff, I'm like, man, you've got it figured out those agents out there who are not with you and who you're not reaching out to, you're doing them an honor, like an honest disservice. Mm -hmm. So I think you need to get out there and get them all. We, we are, say we, we are uh, yes, I agree with you hundred percent. And uh, I would love to be in charge of recruiting, but I'm not, I stay in my lane, uh, but we did there hire a full-time recruiter uh, and Ryan, and we we're definitely going after for sure guys. Cause oh, yeah. I, I agree with you, man. I mean, I feel you know, we're, we're learning every day, but at the end of the day, like for us, it's like, you know, we want you to succeed. I mean, we could tell you, I mean, like you, we've all been through it. I remember when I first got in this industry, I still owe the, the gentleman Shelby everything, right? He gave me a draw, gave me an opportunity, right? And I wish I was in his office, right? He, he was owner of the company. I mm -hmm. wasn't in his office. I was in his business partner's office, right? And, and what I had to do was grind and nobody in the office grinds. It was like, and I grinded. I did like 16, 17 deals on my own, just kind of did my thing. And I was like, okay, where's my next thing at, man? Because this is, I, mm -hmm. I need to be around people who want to get after it, right? Like, and right. so you just kind of, you're always learning. But yeah, no, I mean, for us, it's like, you know, you just got to get out there. You got to help agents. You want to help them grow. Like for me, like I've never been that person that's like, hey, I got to be the guy. I was the guy at my old company. Like I was the man, you'd call me yep. from around the nation. I knew everything mm -hmm. in sounds and butts about it. I was the top producer, ran the top store for years, broke every record. Like I, I could care less about that in this industry. Like I'd rather help, help change lives than be the top producing agent. It just, it doesn't, that doesn't appeal to me anymore. Right. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it, it is. Thanks. It's, and I appreciate the, the, the vote of confidence. And um, we had a recruiter in here yesterday, getting to know the agents, you know, trying to know, Hey, how, this, you know, how do they work this that, and the other? And, 
it's about that, you know. So if you're local in California and you're looking to change, I'm telling you right now, you should be talking to E3 Realty. We got you. Uh, we will make sure we can get you up and running. And our 90-day jumpstart playbook, I'll share with you guys. I don't know if you guys have gotten it yet or not. but it is Oh, we need that. We're actually uh, redoing our onboarding as we speak. Yeah, I'll send all of our stuff over to you guys, all of our onboarding, all of our jumpstart. We have like a 90-day uh, – actually – Speaking of this, hopefully we're going to hopefully be at Summit. Tom Fair reached out to us and yep. we're working with their team right now on it. They're like, this shit is out of this world. I awesome. go, yeah, no, this is what our agents go through. They're like, what do I got to do? I'm like, uh, CRM, give me your data now. Give me your action plans. Mm-hmm. Give me your, go shoot your videos so we can send videos out to all your people, right? Like they're like, right. and everything's like step-by-step guides. I'll share it with you guys. You guys will love it for sure. But it, you know, it's like, you know, people come into the industry, like, what do I do? Like, just, just mm-hmm. follow the playbooks please. And I promise you success is on the other side of it. You know, you know, Chris, um, I wanted to bring up, uh, the number one recruiting pitch in the world that we found for bringing on real estate agents. Hey, it looks like you have a great thing where you're at currently at X office, but if anything should change, I'd love to be a plan B because guess what? Their broker's going to piss them off. They're going to feel like they plateaued. It's going to be slow season around November, December, January. And they're going to be like, you know what? It's not me. It's the office. And so at that point, guess who, guess what they're going to think? The person who reached out to them with that plan B message. Mm -hmm. So just something for your recruiter. I appreciate shooting that message out. That's definitely been a game changer for us. First time anything goes bad, they think of us. So. Hey, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll share it with him for sure. Real quickly, I know we have a few minutes left, but uh, you guys going to uh, Phil Jones a couple weeks? Uh, we want to, man. I don't know if it's going to map out on our calendar. Um, but we were at the last one. With we were Phil. at the last one, man. That dude is – I'm inspired every time I listen to that cat. Oh, he's it's, amazing. He's phenomenal. He actually got our daily huddles dialed in with the team because he – I don't know if you remember that question that someone asked. They're like – how do I run my daily huddles to be more successful? And I, I think that was a question he took right out of my mouth. And um, he said, start real broad and then have one topic you narrow in on at the end. So, hey, do you have any deal specific questions? Do you have any prospecting help that you need? Any lead gen follow up questions? No. All right. Now let's get into the topic. And he's like, you'll have a much better success rate. And from then, like, yeah, it's definitely changed our our daily huddles we have i love it i love it. yeah we're heading over there and then i think uh you guys going to summit or of course we'll be at summit yeah, yeah. summit Absolutely. so we'll see you at, so we're gonna be throwing an event at summit again at the rooftop so it, you guys are more than welcome to come we have i think fall boss is going to be joining us so we're gonna have a good old fun old time up there at the rooftop bar so um oh, yeah. i'm gonna finish up now guys we're at about our time so i do apologize i think we're two minutes over our time but i appreciate you both coming on appreciate uh, you man Anytime, guys. I appreciate it. If you guys need real estate in Kansas City, I know a few people who can help you. As let's always, go. We got let's you. Let's do it, man. Let's grow. I'll see you guys soon, man. Touch bases, Later, and I'll Chris. get this over to you soon, okay? Sounds good. Thank you, Chris. Awesome, guys. Thank you.